I can't think of the intro, but well, I'm going to do one anyways. So, welcome to the Romp and Stomp Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Black Hat Sammy. Same with the Black Hat. Currently, I don't have a Black Hat. It's just me, my he- my racer headset, and my long and luxurious hair. Um, this week we're gonna. This week's episode, we're gonna talk. We're gonna recap WWE's week in wrestling, along with AEW's week in wrestling, and we're and we're probably and we're gonna definitely talk about Joshi. I think I think I'm probably I think in this podcast, um, we're gonna talk a lot about Joshi actually, but not like too much about it. But it's but I do mention it here, so yeah. I mean, so there's gonna be some. Yeah, I'm gonna reference some some like some Joshi wrestling here and there, um. Which is actually pretty good because I actually love Yoshi wrestling. I don't know about you guys, but I love it. But and before we talk about wrestling, I just want to give a quick shout out to Matt Lafleur and his Green Bay Packers for choking that game away against the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you so much. I picked you guys to lose. I didn't know you guys. I didn't know if San Francisco were going to be the ones to lose, but. But but San Francisco ultimately won, and um and I want to thank you for choking the game, especially choosing to go pass for for like much of the fourth quarter, since you guys are are gonna li- were living and dying with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback instead of opting to go for the run, um and I really needed you guys to lose, especially since I'm now one for two for my picks. The Tennessee pick was a bust, but you saved the day for me. Thank you so much, Matt LaFleur. You should, just on that performance alone, you should be coach of the year. Thank you. And without other way, let's talk about wrestling. Let's ride, guys. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. This week's just going to be, oh, man. This week. This week, man. It's like a lot to talk about. But anyways, let's just get started, shall we? Now this week's in WWE wrestling. I think the biggest news for me was the fact that they changed Walt um WWE they changed Walter's name to Gunther. And there was like a big controversy about it because um because originally it, they they tried to file a trademark for um for Gunther Stark which um which who which who was a um a I think he he was like a German U-boat commander or something like that, or I don't know. He had something to do with um, with with, um, with like being part of like Germany during World War Two, with like you know with like with U-boats, which is the equivalent of like I think I can't remember submarines or I don't know, but it had something to do with Nazi Germany. I I apologize. My World War Two history, although it's good, it's not necessarily good in the in like the European theater, my specialty as a history major actually is World War Two in the Pacific theater. I specialize in like you know what happened in Japan, what happened in China, and what happened out in like the Pacific. So I apo- so I apologize, but there was a big controversy about um about like the whole Gunther Starks thing. Some people were speculating that oh it was going to be a relative for like Zoe Stark. Other people thought it was going to be like oh it might be for Walter and they might God forbid like they might they might change the name and they did, which I wasn't necessarily happy about it. Um, and I understand why they couldn't, why they could not trademark, WWE cannot trademark on Walter because it's like his actual name, but. This, the name change from from like Walter to Gunther left a lot of people, including myself, not very happy. And it's just, uh, it was just, uh, especially after like a great match he had like on Wednesday. Um, I think it was like against Roderick Strong, I believe. He had like a great, he had a great match on Wednesday. And like all that, and like he just like took the microphone and just said the winner of this match is Gunther, and I mean that just left the IWGC that just left all wrestling in shambles. So I mean, so I mean, it's just it. It was a good episode. Um, shame on WWE for not researching um ahead of time. Um, but then again, it's WWE. They're capable of like 
messing up were like messing up on catastrophic um, on catastrophic scales and they're just gonna keep messing up on catastrophic scales hmm yeah some other things about WWE this week I did enjoy watching their main event on SmackDown between the Usos and Kevin and Kevin going against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is in the storyline with Roman Reigns. They're gonna have a match at the Royal Rumble, and it's nice to see Kevin Owens in SmackDown. It, I love Kevin Owens. New contract and all. He, I know he's gonna he's gonna kill with that new contract. He's actually one of like the best talents for wwe and like if you have like some motivation to watch wwe you should watch it just for kevin owens and just for like seth rollins and roman reigns especially roman reigns nowadays but that main event um kevin and seth had against the usos was really good you know the usos were gonna kill it they're gonna do the we the one the we don't the we the one things point their point their like point their fingers in the air and say we the ones love when they do that it was such a good match um like and kevin owens and seth rollins had advantage on on jimmy and jay and then out of nowhere roman Reigns just like just came out and um he superman punched seth rollins and he just left it was beautiful i loved it it was such a good. It was such a good scene. It was such a hilarious scene too, because now, like, because now he has like the match against Seth Rollins because because the stipulation was if Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens won, then Kevin Owens would still. Ha- I mean, then Seth Rollins. Then I think it was the Kev. Um, Kev- no, it was Seth Rollins would still have his match with with, um, with Roman at the Royal Rumble, but the Usos would be barred if the had the Usos won. Then Seth Rollins wouldn't ha- then the opportunity for Seth Rollins would have been gone away like in a snap. But I'm glad that um it was it's a bit predictable, but I'm glad that Seth Rollins picked up the dub. Albeit it was Roman Reigns that wanted the matchup. He wanted he wants the smoke, and I mean the match should be a pretty good match. Uh, and I think that's like. I think that's all I can talk about the WWE. I would go, I would touch on with like with with the whole storyline involving Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, but that is going to but that's like going to depress me. So, um, although well, there is one thing though, there is one thing though, I do like the story. I do like the continuation of the storyline between between um between um Alpha Academy. The team of Chad Gable and Otis, and and um and and like Riddle, and they say like Riddle, he's going to um he's going to like college to like get himself prepared for like some exam. I I found it like pretty hilarious, and it kind of it and it and like people were were talking how they were talking how like Chad Gable had like these comedic chops, and it reminds me of Kurt Angle. Because Kurt Angle, he had that Olymp, he he won an Olympic gold medal with like a broken damn, with like a goddamn broken neck, um. But and like he's as legit as like a wrestler can be, one of the best wrestlers that wrestled in like in like um in the late Attitude Era, going through and then the Ruthless Aggression Era. He's one of the best, like. But he's not only like the best. He's not only well. He's one of the best personalities in, in like those two eras, but he's also a very good just overall, not just on wrestling, but like just com- just comedy wise, and um and like I just and like that, and I see a little bit of that in Chad Gable, maybe in that single. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying Chad Gable should like redo that whole Milkmania thing. I don't know if WWE even has the budget to do to do like to redo Milk Mania, but I mean, the more I see Chad Gable doing comedy stuff, the more it reminds me of Kurt Angle, and the more it kind of warms my heart to see that because I do love Kurt Angle, and I've always been like a fan of Chad Gable and Otis, even though he's a heel now, but. I'm glad there's they're doing that and yeah. That's probably all I can talk about WWE this week. I mean there would I mean there what 
there would be more, but I have, but I haven't, I, to be honest, I haven't been watching too much. I've been kind of upset with the product, but I do keep up with it from, I do keep up from it, so, yeah, but if you, but word of advice, if you want to watch WWE, or if, like, you're willing to watch WWE, just stick to, just stick to, like, a wrestler. And what I'm sticking to is the is like the Usos. That's kind of like the way you gotta watch WWE. And also just and also like stay away from like certain parts of the product, but just try to stick to like you know, I'd say try to like stick to your guys or guy or gal or anybody, and you'll be and you'll be somewhat happy. Even though WWE inevitably will depress you. So that's all the thoughts I have for WWE. Now with that out of the way, let's talk about AEW. Now let's talk about Dynamite on um, on Wednesday. Dynamite was in Washington, D.C. It was a live episode. And I thought... I thought it was... One can really make the case for Dynamite... um For like this episode on Dynamite on the TBS era... Which is just like three episodes in. In my opinion, this you can one could make the case that this was a that this would be the best episode of like of Dynamite and the TBS era so far, um, which is a good thing. Uh, which is a good thing because because like the first two episodes, they even though they there were like there were there were really strong matches or really good matches. I just felt like the rest of the episode was like pretty meh, but this one I thought it was a really good show from top to bottom. Not an excellent show, not like a Wrestle Kingdom show where like, well, some Wrestle Kingdom shows were like it every match is like an absolute banger, but this is a really strong episode of Dynamite in my opinion. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like um review every single thing, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna say some key things about it. Key thing number one is how it started the show. Um, should I even call it key things or just like things that like really popped that really stood out? Because I would because I'm gonna mention one thing that stood out to me. Let's start with Mox's. Let's start with the return of John Moxley and his promo. I loved his promo. Um, he told he literally dropped the f bomb on national television. Um, so I apologize for those in the West Coast that got it bleeped out, but that moment was just so good. It was so, I love that moment. It felt raw. It felt, I mean, just that alone, it felt raw. I could just feel like the emotion. And like once, once Moxley sp- spoke, everybody was shut. Everybody like you, you couldn't even, you could not even hear a pin drop. Like the pin drop wasn't even dropped. That's just how, that's just how much like respect people have for Don Moxley over like, over like. AW, and I mean his promo. It was like a very passionate promo. Uh, I loved it. It was and it was really good. It was really good. I'm happy to see Moxley um come back after what is it like three to five months. Um, he's so he's like sober now. He's getting his life together. Um, and it's good to see that. And I've always loved John Moxley, even when he was. Like even when he was like Dean Ambrose at WWE when I first know him, now I'm I'm loving John Moxley even more, because it's like it's it's just so it just feels so real. He's so he's authentic. It kind of he's he's like the perfect Attitude Era wrestler just outside the Attitude Era, someone who's not larger than life, but someone who's like real, you know, someone that you can actually relate to. And I mean, and Moxley's been going through like addiction, and a lot of people can relate to that because addiction is a is like a real it's like a real bad thing. A lot of people struggle with that, and I really feel for them. And now seeing him make his comeback, it's just great to see. I haven't read his book, but I'd love to read his book, and I've read ex- excerpts from his book, and like. It seems that it's like a pretty good book to read. Loved, I would love to read it if I have the time and money. So, but Moxley coming back, it's a plus. 
it's a plus, and then followed, and then following um, following Moxley's promo and his return was the mix was the mixed tag match between Chris Satlander and Orange Cassidy going against Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Table broke. Britt Baker accidentally, like Britt Baker fell fell onto the table because of Orange Cassidy accidentally hitting her. Um, it was such a good match. And I think the best part about it is that there wasn't any any interference from the Young Bucks. There wasn't any interference from Rebel slash Reba or Jamie Hader. There wasn't a Brandon. There wasn't a brand. There wasn't a Brandon Cutler um sighting, although there was one in the show, but just not for um for like the Adam Cole match. There wasn't the Red Dragon didn't interfere, and the Best Friends didn't interfere. There was like no interference whatsoever. They just let the they just let the four of them go at it, and it was such a good match. And I really loved seeing Orange Cassidy have so much fun in Washington D.C. Even though he lost the match, even though he lost, I can't remember if he lost the match. I think he lost the match. But Adam Cole just like, but Adam Cole was just like so upset that Orange Cassidy hit him, hit Britt Baker that there's going to be a, dark, uh, a lights out match next week, and I cannot wait for that. I love this. I really love this feud now. Because just on, just on like the mixed tag match alone, and the lights out match is is gonna be it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good one. It's just gonna be like watching Mario Kart Double Dash, but if Double Dash was a wrestling match, it's going to be an absolute banger. Now, right now I'm looking at like my match thread on Twitter, and just like I actually did my first match thread this week, and um, no, my first show thread this week for um for Dynamite. And it was exhausting, but it was so much fun to do. It was so, it was like, it was so much fun to do. Oh yeah, CM Punk, he had that squash match against Sean Spears. <laughs> Man. And MJF tried to assault, um, he tried to insult, he tried to assault CM Punk. But CM Punk and the CM Trunks, of course. Um, he's like, nope, not tonight. And like, it just seems that like and it just seems that CM Punk has MJF figured out. And I mean, I cannot wait for like this match between CM Punk and MJF whenever they're going to have it. They're probably going to save it for Revolution in Orlando, but I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if they have it on Dynamite in February, so or it, or like before Revolution in like I think Jacksonville, but either way, the match should be pretty good. It should be pretty good. I like this feud. It should end sometimes. Um. Yeah, that's kind of like my thought about thoughts about it. But god damn it, they they just I don't know, man. They just they just fed Sean Spears and they just, they squashed him after all the hype, all the build up, and flat just got sent to sleep by CM Punk. Ouch. Not a way to end your night. Not not a way to have a good night at all. Then there was a gun club assaulting Christian, um, or as Sandhausen like to like to call him Billy Ass and the Ass Boys, um, even though Colton and um Colton and Austin Gunn don't like the name, but Billy Gunn loves it because he was known as Mr. Ass in and WWF back in the back in the old Attitude Era. I actually found it find it pretty funny, <laughs> Billy, 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 Billy Gunn as like the ass man, <laughs> Billy ass and the ass boys. I'm sorry, I just I, I had to laugh. And then there was like Cody Rhodes promo, and I was like really impressed with the promo. He had the go away. He and then he cut like a very passionate promo, and I was like genuinely, I was genuinely impressed. I can't remember the promo verbatim, but if you go back and like listen to it, it was such a good promo, and it's simply because like Cody Rhodes is such a master in the mic. He's really good in the microphone, and like he's a master in the mic. He's really good on the microphone. Um, and man, if if like if only if I had like his skills of like his mic skills. But me speaking for this podcast, I'd be set. But Cody's such an excellent promo. Say what you want about him. He has to go away. He he couldn't. He's like he's he thinks he's a baby face, but 
he thinks, I mean, yeah, he thinks he's a baby face, but like a lot of people take him as a heel, but he is just, he's, he's a wizard, he's a wizard, he's a wizard of promo. So, I mean, whatever he, I mean, his match against Sammy G, even though people, even though there are some people that don't want to see that match, even like, despite that, I think it's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a pretty good match. I love to see them go at it. I mean, I love to see somebody else go for the TNT title, but it should be a good match. I can't wait to see it. There's also Brody King and Malachi Black, also known as like, well, their team's now as like the kings of the Black Throne. Um, they literally took out the Varsity Blondes in their match, but Pack. Oh, the oh, the old British bastard Pack. He's gonna go after Alistair Black. No, Malachi Black. Uh, Alistair Black. Uh, it's so it's it's Malachi's it's Malachi Black's old WWE name, and I'm still trying to get uh, adjusted to it. But Malachi's Black. But, uh, but Malachi Black. Um, his his and no. Let me let me start over. Malachi Black. And Brody King, they look like a pretty good formidable tag team. Now the bastard pack was summoned, and he and like I think and like he essentially challenged. Well, not essentially, but he challenged Malachi Black to another match, kind of like a blow-off match, essentially to probably end their feud, hopefully. And that match should be that match should be pretty good. And the and like the presentation pack, um, the the presentation that um that I saw from Pack after the after the Kings of the of the Black Throne were able to take down the Varsity Blondes, it was really it was really well done. But then again, Pack is like so good. He's he's so scary. I find him so scary. That's what I found like so good about him. Like it's literally like. He's packed so good, it's scary, and it literally scares me. And that's what I love about Pack. I love him. Love that bastard. Love him. Also, there was the match between Frankie Kazarian and and Lance Archer. Both guys look good. Frankie fly. Lance got the W. Um, Dan Lambert looks scared as hell, being like the the, the now manager of Lance Archer. And then after the match, um, then after the match, um, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer, he tried to, like, he tried to beat up Frankie Kazarian some more, but Frankie Kazarian got saved by Hangman Adam Page, and then Hangman Adam Page and Lance, they got after it before, hang, before, like, Hangman Adam Page stood tall in the ring, and Lance Archer, he wants, he wanted to go after he wanted to go after the um he wanted to go after the hangman but that's going to wait. It's it should be a good match. I do expect Hangman to retain when the time comes, but it should be a pretty good match. Should be a pretty good match. Should be a pretty good build up too. Let's just hope that um let's just hope that it's like it doesn't bomb or it doesn't send people to sleep. That's CM Punk's job. To send you guys to sleep. It's his finisher move. Like go to sleep. Like knee to the head. Bang. One, two, three. You're out. Um, let's see what else. Let's see what else. Oh yeah, Layla Hirsch turned on Red Velvet and Chris Statlander. Um now now I think like Layla Hirsch is that confirms that Layla Hirsch is now a heel. Oh yeah, there was a match between Serena Deeb and Sky Blue. Both good workers, but Serena Deeb showed showed her dominance over the young Sky Blue in what was essentially Serena Deeb's homecoming to Washington D.C. She's like from upper. She's like from like I think like somewhere in like Northern Virginia, like somewhere within the the D the what the D.M.V. the D.C. Maryland Virginia metropolitan area, and. It was it was a pretty good homecoming, um, made sky blue tap, and it was it was a pretty good Serena D match. It wasn't like a long one. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a classic like the one she had against Hikaru Shida, but it was two good workers going at it, and 
yeah, it was a pretty decent match. And then there was the main event between, um, between the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, they dissing, making fun of politicians and all that good jazz. They were going against Sting and Darby, and like the acclaimed took out Sting. No, they took out Sting and Darby when they actually send, they actually send um Darby um. They actually sent Darby to the back because he was injured. So it was like a two-on-one match between the acclaimed and Sting. And man, Sting, he was... Sting amazes me. For a guy his, for a guy his age, it just amazes me how he's able to, like, still go at this pace at his age. Especially how WWE just, like, freaking wasted him. And then he goes, and then, like, then years after, he comes back to wrestling. He, um, he wrestles in AEW... And I mean, there's like whole excitement. There was like whole excitement about him. Um, it's Sting, Tony Schiavone going wild every time he does that. It's just like I kind of laugh it off, but it's also like pretty amazing too because um because Tony Schiavone and Sting are like are actually pretty good friends, and and they've known each other for for a while since back in the old WCW days on Turner Television. But man, Sting could still able to be—he's still able to go at it. It's amazing to see him, to see him just like go with the pace of Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, two younger opponents. And Sting's just like Sting is just like going, just I don't know. It's just he's going. He's he's just going at it. He's just like taking taking name. He's just like taking names and just kicking butts. And then, just when you think, like, you know, just when one would think all hopes is lost, Darby just appears out of nowhere, and Darby just, like, saves the, just saves the day. Super Darby to the rescue. And, and it was a pretty good, honest match to, um, to, and to, like, to end it. And, I mean, I thought it was a good episode of, um, it was a really good, it was a good episode, uh, it was a good, honest episode of Rampage. Maybe I'd have maybe I would rank it like three and a half stars, maybe four stars, but it was just such a good overall show from like beginning to end. It was it was pretty good. There's also like a promo on Ethan Page going after um going after John Moxley, and they went after it on Friday, which was um which was Rampage. So. Yeah, let's talk about Rampage. Originally, there was supposed to be a match between Rapunji Vice and um and the Young Bucks, but Rocky Romero he got he got the COVID bug, and um it's still a big deal. And I this is like my moment to advise you that please keep safe. So keep yourself safe. Um, be knowledgeable of your surroundings and take good care of yourself. So so right now so yeah. So for Friday, I mean for Friday to start off the show, it was John Moxley going against Ethan Ethan Page, aka Canadian, aka like, you know, you know that you know the best smile in all wrestling, aka Canadian top tits. Um, he was going against like a returning John Moxley. The crowd was going wild, wild thing was playing, and it was just uh, it was a beautiful moment to see John Moxley back wrestling, and. Trying to look for like the match thread that I also had. Yeah, the like yeah at the beginning um at that match it was a pretty good it was a pretty good match, and there was like a third table broken. I forgot to mention about the second broken table, and that happened during um that happened during the Max Caster and Anthony Bones match going against um Sting and Darby, and then the and then the the announcers table broke was broken again. Um, this time in the Ethan Page versus John Moxley match, and John Moxley was able to win it. I think he was able to win it via via like roll up slash schoolboy. Ethan Page like Ethan Page was like pretty shocked about it, and then a paradigm shift after the bell has rung. John Moxley delivered a paradigm paradigm shift, or in WWE well cat or like well it was known in WWE Dirty Deeds, but now it's known as um as a paradigm shift. And and he'd send Ethan Page to sleep, and then John Moxley made his way towards like you know he made his way like out of the arena, and then 
Brian Danielson was like watching in the back, not in the back of the locker room, but like, but like he was watching where um where John Moxley was about to leave, like I think somewhere around the arena, and then they both had a stare down. That obviously is gonna tease to, it's the tease for their potential match that's gonna happen in the future. That's gonna be a really good match. That is going to be a really good match. Brian Danielson, John Moxley, they're gonna go at each other. They are gone each other at the at like in WWE, and I think they gone each, gone after each other even before WWE, I believe. That I have to kind of look up, but now in AEW, I mean, if both matches, if like, if we've, if like we haven't seen the top of like Brian Danielson's, um, you know, Brian, if we haven't seen like the best of like. Brian Danielson until he got to AEW. And we haven't seen the best of John Moxley until he wrestled in AEW. Then I cannot imagine how good this match between Moxley and Danielson is going to be. Like that's a paper that is a pay-per-view caliber type of match. And they're gonna be able to go at it. That's gonna it's it's gonna be a really good match. So, but that we're going to have to wait along the line. So, so you were going to stay tuned for that one. There was a match between, um, there's a match like between Nick Jackson and, um, and Trent Beretta. Now he's going by Trent Beretta now. He's going by his name instead of like Trent question mark or Trent. And the match between Nick Jackson and Trent Beretta, it was so good. Like. I just keep forgetting how good Nick Jackson is, is like not only as a tag tag team wrestler, but as a as a singles competitor, he's really good. He's oh my god. It's like it's just like watching one of those like action movie fight scenes, but it's but you're seeing that in the for free. Or or you're seeing or like you could see a rerun of it, but like Instead of like being in the theater, you're watching in action. You're watching that stuff for free, and it's just like flips. It's just like a lot of stuff going on, and it was it was it was it was good. It was a really good match. It was a really strong match. I really enjoyed seeing that match, and I mean, a lot of people were excited um to see um to see what's more to see more Nick Jackson single matches. Of course, the feud between the best friends and them and. The feud between the best friends and um and like the young bucks slash elite slash um slash red dragon is like you know might end might not end but it was a really good match. It was a really good match and like and like credit to Trent Beretta for getting the dub because there was like many times where I thought Trent Beretta wasn't gonna get the win because like because I don't because he was just like. He looked so staggered with like the you know with like his lingering neck issues, even though he came back over a month. But oh man, like I'm just like I I was just so happy seeing seeing that match and like I was so happy watching the end of that match. It was it was a really good match. And then afterwards was the match between Serpentico and Hook, and well. Hook, he's like he's literally national treasure. He took out Serpentico, and then one, two, three. Hook wins, and then QT Marshall appeared, and then Hook sent, and then Hook like you know, Hook just took QT Marshall down, and then he walked over QT Marshall. So I guess there's gonna be a feud between I don't know, it may be Hook going against the the factory, or it could be, or it could be like Team Task going against um. Going against like the factory, but Team Taz already has their hands full with Dante Martin and friends. So, yeah. And then the main event between Jade Cargill and Anna J. Um, the main event between Jade Cargill and Anna J. It was like a really good, honest wrestling match. They, it was like it was really good. I love seeing John Silver at ringside. Um, you know, with doing his antics and whatnot. Love Johnny Hongi, but I'm not gonna take that away from like what Jay Cargill and Anna Jay were able to do. Like Anna J, like Jay Cargill, she was like a more dominant wrestler, and like of course she'll show up as a more dominant one. 
But Anna J fought. She fought. And like I'm like seeing the progression of like both these wrestlers. And I mean, they're both going to be really good. They're gonna be like when when they like when they reach like their top, they're gonna be pretty good. And I mean, that's like that kind of shows how far like AEW's like women's division has gone since like has has like progressed since the beginning. So it was a good match. It Cargo won, but kudos to Anna J for like putting up the fight. I knew Anna J was gonna put up the fight because she's she's the feisty one. I seen her in like her early days, and even though she wasn't like, she, even though she was like very green, she was able to tap. She was able to like, she was able to tap Brandy out. Well, not even tap Brandy out, but like, but send Brandy to sleep, and then seeing her now as like a as like a pretty good wrestler on her way up, it's amazing. It's really amazing, and that's kind of like my recap for both Dynamite and Rampage. I think I may have mess, messed up, miscalled on Dynamite ass rampage, but that's my recap of the shows. Now, in other news, um, there's like, there's news going around that um, that a that like, well, there's like some con, there's like some questions around around like the contracts of like some AEW talents and and like there's like three of them that come to mind. We all know Leo Rush. His situation, um, his situation, and he elects not to re-sign with AEW, but I think he's gonna he's gonna kill it elsewhere. He's if he's gonna go to the Impact Zone, um, he's gonna he's definitely going to kill it over there. He's gonna wreck it over there, um, and that would be a pretty good um that would be a pretty good pickup for Impact. I also would say MLG is what well, not MLG, but MLW as well. That'd be a pretty good pickup, and I could see him work some West Coast shows, especially like, especially for like New Japan. He could work in like New Japan Strong. He's already working in New Japan Strong, but like if he will keep, but like he can keep working over there, and like, I mean that's gonna set a lot of eyes on like you know that's gonna set up a lot of eyes on him. Perhaps he could like, from there he could like enter to a. He could enter a best of the super juniors tournament. So I mean so like to Leo Rush, like I wish the best I wish the best for him. But there's like three wrestlers that come to mind um about their contract um their contract situation and that's like Marco Stunt, Brian Cage, and Joey Janela. And um and like I don't know whether they're gonna stay or not, but I mean they dropped the ball with Brian Cage, and I think Brian Cage is gonna go elsewhere. A lot of people are speculating that he's gonna go to WWE. I don't know. I wouldn't be too keen on um on him joining WWE just because it's like big beefy men. You gotta keep in mind who's in charge of WWE, and WWE's booking like despite like. Yeah, they've 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 been successful, but that's but it's mostly it's mostly misses, strikeouts, and I mean you know they just keep dropping the ball with their booking. Um, just look at Mustafa Ali, just look at Cesaro. Um, hell, just I mean, just look at like just look, just look at Kyrie Sane for God's sakes. But, but yeah, but like. There's Brian Cage and like I think I think he'd be a good pick. he'd be a good fit in Impact. He could he'd be a good pick over in um in MLW. Certainly GCW. Um, but like if I'm Brian Cage, like I'd stay away from WWE. Even just because like I can't trust WWE anymore with anybody. But but if he does well with WWE, I'd be impressed. Now with there's also like Marco Stunt. He might stay in AW. He could be like I don't know. He could be somebody that's like that's in dark often and like not necessarily as a jobber, but like you know some like basically like the short like the short underdog. Like not everyone is gonna be able to get a win on. 
he could st- he could stay. He could wrestle in MLW. He could wrestle in Impact. I don't know. And then there's Joey Janela, and I think Joey Janela, he's probably going to stay in AEW. I think he's probably going to stay in AEW, and I think he's going to do GCW as well. Or he could stay in GCW, but... But, I mean, that's like kind of like, you know, kind of my predictions. Kind of what I think of the contract negotiations. So, of course, I, there's also Pretty Peter Avalon's as well. Maybe he's going to stay, maybe, but I don't know if um, AEW, like... AW necessarily wants him, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm not necessarily the best armchair booker around. I mean, there there are like there are better minds in the business than I am, and that's just only like you know, that's just only my two bits of the of like the whole contract negotiation situation or whatever. So yeah, but anyways, that's like all of AW I I can talk about. Yeah, I know. Cody's um Cody still has the contract situation as well. He referenced it in his um in his promo, but I think he's probably I think he's going to stay. I think there's enough trust between him and um I think well, there's enough trust between Cody and Tony. So So yeah, I'm so yeah, but that's like that's all the dynamite talk I have for y'all today. And with that, and like with that, well, I'm gonna. Lastly, I'm gonna talk about the Yoshi's just shortly. Now, some Yoshi talk. For those of you who don't know or have been living under a rock, Yoshi is Yoshi wrestling is like is Yoshi means you know in wrestling terms, Yoshi means um female rest. It's Japanese for like female wrestler. So I've been so, and I'm pretty passionate about that stuff. This week I watched the um, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling's um Max Hart tournament. And for those of you who don't know, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling is a sister company of DDT, which I think it's like founded and owned by Sanshiro Takagi, who is this Japanese comedian wrestler. Um he actually like impersonates Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um he's it's he's a fun, he's a pretty funny guy. Um I watched their show, um, the quarterfinals of the Max Hart tournament. And it was pretty good. I watched the match between um between Mocha and Yuki Rai, who's this idol who's transitioning to become a wrestler. The, and they won it against like the team of Risu Endo and um and Suzume. Suzume, he she's like she kind of dresses up as a bee. And Risu Endo, she's like um she's like you know I like to call her like the zebra lady because um I like to call her zebra lady because like she has like zebra prints in like her gear. And she's actually, and like she's, I think she's like, she's under the tutelage of, um, of Reika Psyche, who's like a pretty, who was a pretty good, um, a pretty good Joshi wrestler when she wrestled. Now, Reika Psyche is a model and loving her best life over in Japan. She was also an idol as well. But, but yeah, there was a match between the, those four and, um, the team of, Mocha and Yuki Rai beat the team of Suzume and um Suzume and Arisu Endo. The other quarterfinal was between there's like three quarterfinal like there's three other quarterfinal matches. There was a quarterfinal between the team of Free Wi-Fi, which is the team of um of Hikaru Noah and Nakuda, who is um who like they named their team Free Wi-Fi because they want to, they want everyone to watch your matches. And they're going against the Bakuretsu sisters, which is um the team of Nadoka and um Yuki Rai, and the uh, Bakuretsu sisters, the team of Yoka, I mean the team of Yuku, Yuki Rai and Nadoka, they were able to beat Free Wi-Fi, um. So they're going to the semifinals. Now the now the other two semifinal matches, there's a match between um between Venue um which is the team of Yuki Kamifuku, who is like She's she's like this wrestler and idol, and she's uh, actually spent her time in um she actually spent some of her high school years in Ohio, and her tag team partner was um her tag team partner is this person by the name of Oscar. Well, she goes by Oscar in Japan, but in the states we call her we we, we she goes by Venue, and they're called um and they're called um what can and they're called like what Venue because it's like a mix of um of like Venue's name. The mix of like Benny's name and um and Yuki Kamifuku's name, which Yuki she goes by um Yuki because she goes by Kamiyu. 
because Japanese name custom is like last name, Kami, and then the first name, Yuki. So, Kamiya. And that's why their team is called, um, that's why their team is called Venue, because it's a mixture of both names. And they were going against the team of 1 to 1 million, which is the team of, um, of Miyumashita, the pink striker, the ace of the promotion. In other words, like the top wrestler of the promotion, and, um, and Maki, and Maki Ito. Maki Ito, who is like, she was a former idol. I think she's, she's definitely still an idol. But she was a fired idol, and like she's like a really, she's a really fu- she's a really hot head wrestler. But she's actually a pretty funny wrestler too, because of her antics. And so venue team of Yuki Kamifuku and um and Asuka slash Fenny, they were able to beat um one to one million, Miyu and um and and Makito. So they go to the quarterfinals. And then the last match, which was the main event, was the team of Daydream going against um the team of um the team of Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Missile. I can't remember team names. I'm not good with team I'm not necessarily the best with like team names essentially, but because team names because there's like tag teams in like Japan every like every two seconds, you know. Like sometimes it's temporary, other t- te- it's sometimes it's temporary, other times you're you're I don't know. So other times it's like forever, like the Rock and Roll Express. So or the Rockers, the the team of I don't know, I don't know, man. I can't talk tag teams at the moment. But yeah, there was a team of um of Daydream, which was the team, which is the team of Mi Watanabe, who's um who's his idol. She dresses up in pink, and um Rika Tatsumi. Um, the drag, um, the dragon lady, um, and she specializes in like her hip attack and stuff, like Naomi does in WWE. And they went again. They went against Shoko Nakajima, who's like the big kaiju or like the big monster, even though she's like four foot eleven. Um, she's like she's like a huge, huge um kaiju. He, she's like a huge like kaiju fan she's like in other words like she's a big fan of like japanese monster movies and her and her tag team partner was hyper missile um one of her best friends slash rivals it's hook joshi pro wrestling one second you're um your best your your team with your best friend the other second is like you're going against your like deepest your best friend becomes your rival um it's weird that way hyper missile um She's like the hero of Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, but she's also like pretty hilly. She's pretty, pretty hilly. She's pretty heelish herself, or she's like you know she does like all these like you know she wrestles like a bad guy, even though she's like the hero. Sort of like sort of what like you know Nikki Ash strives to be, but kind of fails, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, but love that hyper missile. But yeah, on to the match. Um. They dreamed they picked up the W against um against Shoko and Misao, and that's the final four. And I can't remember like the matchups, but I said like I said like the Discord server there was like Discord server for um for Yoshi wrestling that I'm in, and I predicting and I'm predicting the final between Daydream going against um the team of um of Venue, um, which is like Yukemifuku and um and and Venny and Asuka slash Venny. And the winner would have an opportunity. You'd think that the winner would would have the opportunity to go against the the um, the magical sugar rabbits, the team of Mizuki and um and and Yuka Sakasaki, who like who won appear Yuka Sakasaki. She appeared on AEW television. Um, she defeated Amber Nova, and plus she also plus she also um got her um t- teeth chipped. She got her teeth chipped by Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And Mizuki is like kind of like the one that, um, you know, that looks a lot like Riho, but no, it's Mizuki. But, in, but yeah, you, you think that the winner of the Max Heart Tournament, um, the winner of the Max Heart Tournament has an opportunity to go against them. No, you're wrong. You are wrong. Because they have to go against, um, they have to go against Saki-sama. And um and Mace and Michelle, 
which are like, you know, two, I want to say foreign tag team or tag team partners, but they're not really foreigners. They're just two, they're just, they're just two badass women that are just like going to like, you know, literally kick your butt. It's Japan. Every, every Yoshi wrestler is just more than happy to kick your butt. It's like, it's a salty spittoon of wrestling. So that's kind of like, that's kind of like my, um, my Tokujoshi Pro talk. There is stardom as well. There is some stardom as well, but like the pay per view is until like I think like a few days. They have like a pay per view over Nagoya. Um, yeah, there's like butt kicking going on over there. Um, Sai Kamatani kicked my um kicked Micah's butt again, and um I don't know if I mentioned last episode, but Lady C, who recently joined Queen's Quest, one of the factions over in Stardom, got injured by frickin' Unagi who is from the Cosmic Angels, or as I like to call them, the Los Angeles Cosmic Angels of Anaheim. And yeah, it's a pretty interesting time in Yoshi Wrestling, and um, like, depending on, like, I don't know, whether there's, like, more budget cuts of, like, certain talents and, like, over at the Fed, it's gonna get more interesting. Hell, I mean, hell, even, hell, you even have, like, Sai Kamatani wanting to go against Kotobushi. I mean, that's how interesting Yoshi Wrestling has gotten this year. And we're only in January. So, I mean, it should be, like, fun times. It should be dangerous times. And a lot of people are going to kick... And a lot of people are going to get their heads kicked in. Brian Danielson style. So, yeah, that's basically all the Yoshi talk I have for today. Man, it's a lot to talk about. Just talking about the Fed. Talking about AEW. Talking about Yoshi Wrestling. Hell, I could even talk about, like, what, Japanese, like, just, like, you know, Puroresu over, like, New Japan, um, Minoru Suzuki losing him with his mind over, um, over Toriyano and his antics, even though Suzuki Gun has been, like, they, you know, they have their, they, they have, they have pulled off antics themselves, um, yeah, but, yeah, this is all the talk I have for, this is literally all the Yoshi talk, AEW talk, and WWE talk I have for this week. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's really, really exhausting. But you know what? It's fun to watch. So, yeah. It's really fun to watch. It's exhausting too. But, you know, if you're not really into wrestling... No, actually, you know what? I'm going to pull off a little bit of an Eric Taylor. Eric Taylor, the guy from... um from Friday, from The head coach from Friday Night Lights. Um, Yeah, you... you 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 love wrestling. You just don't know it yet. So, yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. That's all I have for you guys today. Everyone, that's all I have. Um if you enjoyed the episode, just make sure you follow um Black Hat Black Hat Sammy over Twitter. Um yeah, it's you know, you know I just I just love talking about wrestling, okay? Like I just love talking about wrestling. So, yeah. I'll see you guys next week. I'll see I'll catch you and I'll catch you guys at the other side of the of the goddamn sunset or sunrise. I don't know, depending on what day it is. So, yeah, I'll I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye.